after Pastor Charlie called me at a what was rather a short notice Friday evening when he received the email that he had been exposed uh, at this pastor gathering, I began to read over some Bible study material and some sermon titles. I got out my computer and I started scanning through every Bible study I'd ever done and, and asking the Lord to, to show me what He would have our church here. Now, this didn't surprise God, but it really did surprise me. So I started reading through, and as I read the title of this study, of this sermon, God reminded me of the incident in my life a few years ago that caused me to begin this study in the Bible. And He said, you need to read this sermon again. And I didn't know at that point if I was just supposed to take, you know, a few minutes out and read through that Bible study material for my own good or if God was going to do something more. But the more I read, the more the Lord began to minister to me yet again, and then the more the Lord began to say to me, this needs to be spoken to our church family at this particular time. See, all of us have lessons in life that we have to learn over and over again, don't we? we we're like a, a bucket with a hole in it. God fills us up, and then we leak we leak down, and he has to fill again, and we leak. So that's just kind of the nature of how we are, isn't it? But the Lord is gracious, and he keeps filling us with what we need. So I'll never, ever forget, as long as I live, well, as long as I have my right mind, you know, at my age, it's beginning to, I'm beginning to wonder if I have that. But I'll never forget this. Because of what God did in my heart and my life a few years ago, a good friend of mine uh, walked up to me at a, at a gathering we were at, and another man was with him, and he said, hey, Pastor Duane, I want you to meet uh, this friend of mine. This is Pastor Blank, and he introduced me to this man. I don't even remember the man's name, but I'll never forget his face, never forget our interaction. And after we had been introduced, I just simply politely said, how are you doing? Now, you know, and I know. When we say that, we don't always really mean, how are you doing? We don't want the laundry list of how, what all is going on in their lives. We just want them to say something like, oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you very much, or, or something of that nature. Well, he didn't do any of that. I said, how are you doing? And he said, I am content. And I, I couldn't get away from that. Because he just, it was like he said, I am, and sorted through a list of words that would describe how he was on that day, and he settled, rather decisively settled on the word content. And my internal, thank the Lord, response was, oh, really? And are you implying that I'm not, or that I should be, or What? And so I, I kind of turned away from that, and we went on with whatever else we were doing. But the Holy Spirit didn't let me leave that statement. And I began to wrestle with myself because the Holy Spirit was wrestling with me. And I thought, is it really possible to truly be content? Or is that one of those words we say, like when you say to somebody at church especially, well, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm blessed. Well, 
Aren't you special? Uh, we all are. You know, it's like, I'm blessed. How about you? Uh, so I thought, is it possible to be that, or is that just one of those words we throw around? And then I realized I could not, could not describe my daily life as having a pattern of being content. That was tremendously convicting. And so, as I wrestled with myself, I thought, well, maybe that's not something we really need. Maybe, maybe that's for people who are too lazy to do the work it takes to make the needed changes that there are in this world. Are you following my line of logic? We'll, we have all kinds of logic when we're trying to justify ourselves, don't we? And so, finally, after wrestling with that, days later, it wouldn't leave me. And so I said, I'll go to the Scripture and see. That, uh, at sometimes while I was studying it, I thought it was a mistake. But in hindsight, it was no mistake at all. So let's look at it as we open this topic about being content. Are you content? I decided that that was a struggle for me, and here's what I believe. It's probably a struggle for several Christians. And so that's why we share this together. 1 Timothy 6, 6 is the first verse I came across. I'll just share three of the ones with you before we launch into a study of it. But here, here's what the three verses that, first of all, the Lord used to convict me more deeply. 1 Timothy 6, 6, Paul's writing to a young pastor, and he says to him, but godliness, he's been talking to him about what it means to be like the Lord, let God change you. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we shall be content. And I thought, oh my, I want so much more than just food and just clothing. So the conviction continued. Then Philippians 4, verses 10 and 11, the the opening of the passage we'll end up studying at the very end today. Uh, Verse 10, the Apostle Paul says, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. He's talking to the Philippian church who are concerned about Paul's needs. He says, I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need. Now, that is an understatement or maybe an overstatement because the Apostle Paul had many needs. He was thrown in prison. He was beaten. There are all kinds of needs that he had that they were concerned about, and rightly so. But he says, not that I was ever in need, for I've learned, here's why he didn't see himself as being in need, I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. And another layer of conviction came in my life from the Holy Spirit. I thought, I am not the least bit content with only what I now have. Then in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. The, uh, well, we think the apostle, many of us think the apostle Paul wrote this. Whoever the Holy Spirit directed to write the book of Hebrews says this, keep your life free from the love of money, ouch, and be content with what you have. This contentment has a whole lot to do with what we have, doesn't it? It seems from scripture. For he has said, the Lord has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You can trust him. So I decided 
to do more study because just those three passages were enough to convince me that I couldn't dismiss this thing of, I am content. And I'm pretty sure all of us need this, and especially in the times we're walking through in our society and in our world. So let's talk about contentment. The definition for the word content, I always go to definitions. We need to know what we're talking about. means this, satisfied with what one is or has, not wanting more, not wanting anything else beyond what one presently has. I think some synonyms, some words that go along with this and help describe it would be this. If I am content, then I will be fulfilled. I will be satisfied. I will be gratified with what I have. I will be at peace with what I have, who I am, all of those things. So, here's what I want us to do this weekend. I want us to consider our lives, what it, what is present in our lives when we're not content. We need to be able to identify those things so we don't excuse them. Then I want us to understand what Scripture says about us when we are content, what that picture looks like. And then finally, let's find out the pathway the Lord has for us to arrive at contentment in our lives, okay? So, three, three things. So first, when I'm not content... Here's what I'm doing. I'm always looking for more. doesn't matter what the situation is. But if I'm not content within myself, then I'm looking for more. I may be looking for more money. The Bible talked a lot about money, it seems, when it talked about contentment or possessions. I, I, I may be looking for more affirmation from other people. I want more about me. I want to feel better about me. And if I feel pretty good about me, I want to feel even better about me. And when I'm not content, I'm looking for more success, more promotion. If, if, if I'm not content, I'm looking for more results for my efforts. In fact, if I put in this much effort, I want this much in results. I don't want only this much in results. I want more always. I want to give this much, but I want a lot more back. I want more attention from other people in my relationships. I end up, because I'm not content, being needy and wanting, wanting, wanting from other people. And then when I'm not content, I want more action from God. And not just action. I want the action that I asked for from God. You ever been there? All of us have. I'm not content, and so I'm not really, even all of these other things in my life, the bottom line is I'm not really content with God, with who He is, with what He's provided, with what I think He's about to do or not about to do in my life. That's a picture of you and me when we're not content. Because ultimately, the bottom line of that, the root of that is, I'm not content with God. Second thing, when I am content, let's look at a picture of that. When I am content, I will be fully satisfied with several things. So I'm, I'll give you four. First, I'm, I'm satisfied with who I am, not just who I am, but who I am actually in Christ. Okay, for the believer in Jesus Christ, that's the key. I may not be satisfied with who I am because I have so far to go. God's still doing so much in me. But 
when I'm really content, I'm satisfied with who I am in Jesus Christ. I'm satisfied with my salvation. I'm satisfied with my self-worth. Look at this. In 2 Corinthians, there are a couple of verses that, that help us with this whole thing about salvation and our, and our worth to the Lord. Uh, verse 17 in 2 Corinthians 5 says it this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In other words, the old Duane was taken away by the Lord, and he created a new person spiritually, one that didn't exist before. He didn't just clean up the old Duane. He made a new spiritual creation. I can be content with my salvation, who I am in Christ, because he made me. And then I can understand my self-worth, my worth to him, and what, he, what he's made me to be for others in ministry. Verse 21 says it this way. For our sake, he made him, Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. How about that? Not because we're so good, but because he is holy and he is ultimately good. He gives us his righteousness. Now, if that doesn't change your worth before the Lord, I don't know what will. I can be content in who I am. Then I can be content in what I have. I can be fully satisfied with my possessions. Let's look at Philippians 4, 10, and 11. I didn't say I always am. I said I can be, and so can you, okay? Verse 10, Philippians 4. How I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me again. The verses we read a moment ago. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need. For I've learned how to be content with what I have, with my possessions. I can be content with my life situations, okay? I can, I can, it's really easy to be content when things are great. But beyond my possessions, there are situations in life that come that I don't enjoy, that you don't enjoy. Let's look in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Three verses here real quickly. Paul's talking about a time when, it, when he was having a struggle, and it was an ongoing struggle. And he said, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, revelations he'd received from the Lord, a thorn was given me in the flesh. We don't know what it was exactly. A messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. God doesn't want us to become conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. I pleaded for an extended period of time is implicit here. But he, the Lord, said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. It's more than enough, for my power is made perfect in weakness. In other words, in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. Think on that phrase for a moment. That's not the way we operate typically, is it? So that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ then. Here it is. I am content. I'm not just content. Look at his list. I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. I'm strong because he is in me and through me. 
when I'm content, I also can be fully satisfied with where I'm going. You see, the Bible talks about the rest of my life here on earth and the rest of your life. In the book of Hebrews, he say, it says, He will never leave me or you or forsake us. Never. Never, never leave. Never, never forsake us. We can be satisfied, content with the rest of our life here on earth that He's in control. But we also can be content about eternity. Look at 1 Corinthians 2, 9. It'll come up on the screens. It says, that is what the Scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no eye has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Not just in this life, but all through eternity. We cannot possibly imagine, cannot fathom what He's prepared for us. And then the fourth thing, when I'm content, I'm fully satisfied with God. I'm satisfied with who He is. I'm satisfied with what He provides for me. I'm satisfied with the circumstances He places in my life. I'm just content, satisfied with God Himself. The best example I have is Jesus. When He was coming to His crucifixion on the cross and He prayed, many of us know this story, He prayed, Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but I'm content with Your will. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that's what Jesus was saying. He was content with God's will and God's perfect love for him. In fact, in Romans 8, the Scripture promises us that nothing in all creation, nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I can be content with God and His love for me. Now, finally, how do I find this thing called contentment? Or a better question really would be, how does God want to help me find contentment? Now, if you'll turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, verses 11, 12, and 13, whether it's uh, your device or hard copy Bible, I want you to leave it open to this passage for the next few minutes, please. Philippians 4, beginning at verse 11. So the way God wants me to find contentment is, first of all, to learn, to learn. So it says in verse 11, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. You see, Paul didn't just automatically know this, nor do we. We don't automatically know all that God wants us to know. So we have to learn what He wants us to know. We need to learn the truth. Some of the things we've learned, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to unlearn in our lives or help us to unlearn that. We need the truth. That's what we need to learn. Jesus Himself said in John 8, you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. So we need to learn His truth about salvation. If you've not been born again, you need His truth about that because He is the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. If you've already been born again, you need to learn, I need to learn that He has forgiven me, that He's accepted me, that He loves me deeply, that He's given me new spiritual life, and that is called eternal life, and eternal means for 
ever. I can absolutely learn what he wants me to learn so that I'm moving on my way toward contentment. And then the next thing he wants me to do right in this passage, it tells us, still in verse 11, he wants me to choose. I need to make a right choice. Look at the last part of verse 11. He says, for I've learned in whatever situation I am, let me paraphrase, to choose contentment. Be content. That's not something that just drops on you. You learn the truth of God's Word, and you choose to step out and believe and obey that truth. You're choosing contentment. I'm choosing contentment. It didn't just happen to the Apostle Paul. He learned to choose that. And so, knowing the truth is not all there is. We choose to believe and obey the truth. So, after I learn and I choose, let's look at verses 12 and 13. Here's what he wants me to do in order to come to this place of contentment. That is trust. He wants me to trust. Look at 12 and 13. He says, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things, here's the phrase, through him who strengthens me. Now, the Apostle Paul knew exactly who was going to provide for him. He was going to provide the strength. He was going to provide the contentment to go through abundance, to go through complete lack, to go through hunger, to go through hardship, to go through great times, through Jesus Christ. Now, often, we will quote that. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. And we march out and jump off a cliff that God never asked us to jump off. We do some crazy thing and we try to blame God and we quote this verse. That is not what this verse is for. If I could add a few words and paraphrase the meaning of this, I would say this. I can do all of the things God asks me to do through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. That's what we can do. And that's how we arrive at contentment. He wants us to get there. We learn and we choose and then we trust that through Him, He'll give us the strength. So, He will bring contentment. If, if there's a, not been a time when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, there is no possible way in this life or the next to have contentment. It's an impossibility. God made us for relationship with Himself, and we'll not be content until we have that relationship. But... We've already established that Christians, those who have been born again, can also struggle with contentment. We must learn His truth. We must choose His way. And we must trust the only one who can give us deep, lasting, ongoing, eternal contentment. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Do you long to be content. Or maybe you where I was that day when I met that gentleman. And I didn't even care if I had it because I thought I was okay until the Holy Spirit said, you need this, Dwayne. You need to allow me to work in your life and bring contentment in your life. Do you long to be content with the things you have? With your job? with your friends, spouse, your children, 
the direction of your life? With your relationship with Jesus? With the way God is ordering your life? Or do you long to be content with knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior if you haven't done that yet? You can be. And you can know Him. He's waiting for you. My prayer is that today you would submit to Him, that I would submit to Him in every area of our lives so He can bring this contentment of the Lord Jesus Christ, contentment of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you would like someone, one of our pastors, to talk with you about this, to pray with you about this, you can scan on the back of the seats, fill out a Connect card. There are hard copies out in the foyer that you can pick up and drop in the, the boxes in the foyer, the theater, the family room. You can let us know how we can pray with you. We would be privileged to do that. Father, today we know that your will is for us to be content in you. We commit to walk your path toward a life of contentment, a life of knowing you, loving you, and being fulfilled by you. Jesus' name. Amen. We've been closing our services with a blessing from Scripture. Today, if I could, let me paraphrase this passage in Philippians 4, 11 through 13 and ask God's blessing and speak a blessing over you as our church. This week, under the power of God's Holy Spirit, may you learn to be content in whatever situation the Lord brings your way. May you learn the contentment, may I learn the contentment of the secret of having plenty or being in need and still being content regardless. And may you truly believe that you can do all the things the Lord asks you to because Jesus Christ, who lives in you, will give you the strength you need. God bless you. Go in peace today.